Hello friends. This is Grace Hot Pants Langhine with your fifth episode of the Mullet Chronicles where I read race reports to you. This is a spin-off of the Running Mullet podcast where Eric Kosak and I talk all things running from the business in the front to the party in the back. Uh, But today is race report. So a quick intro before we get to that race report. This episode comes to us from Angela Schoonover. Angie is one of those people I am so thankful that I'm friends with on Facebook because she just brightens my day with her positive posts. And then she's always replying with a little note of encouragement to other people's posts She's just that kind of person who's always cheering for everyone else. So I'm really excited to read her race report from her race at the Marine Corps Marathon. Uh, You will hear me shorten uh, Marine Corps Marathon to MCM throughout this race report, just as a heads up. Um, Also, it was particularly hot and humid this year, and there were a couple of changes logistically from previous years. She does get into the details of the logistics. Um, So I think this is a particularly helpful race report for anybody who wants to run Marine Corps Marathon or anyone who wants to run it again who didn't get to run it in 2023. So that is your intro. Let's now get into Angie's story which is titled the 2023 Marine Corps Marathon or feeling monumentally sweaty in DC. This was my second year at the Marine Corps Marathon, but my first as a guest in the Team Semper Fi Running Battalion. I was beyond humbled to be included in this program by my friend and two-time Purple Heart recipient and fellow idiot runner, Jeremy Lake. As a member of the Runner Battalion, we received seven months of coaching by the fantastic coach Ben Dresick, monthly Zoom calls, mentoring, one-on-one guidance, and a very slick-looking running kit, and a race weekend full of great activities and support. It was an amazing opportunity, and I am so appreciative of everything Team Semper Fi did for the veterans in this program. It was my honor to get to tag along through the process. Team Semper Fi had a group photo and a 5K easy pace shakeout run Saturday morning where we all got to mingle and make friends. A highlight of getting to see the um, was getting to see the amazing service dogs that joined us on the run. As one would expect, these highly trained dogs were calm and kept a perfect pace for their humans. Runners at the MCM receive a huge race bib, an iron-on patch, and a race shirt. The shirt is an oddly heavy mock turtleneck that is longer than a sweatshirt. It looks good on some folks that I've seen, but it is a little baggy in the middle for me and yet tight around my hips. This year, it was a nice dark green with gray sleeves. Last year, it was mustard yellow, so this year was a big improvement in my opinion. As members of the runner battalion, we did not have to pick up our bibs and packets at the expo, but we decided to attend anyway. Bib pickup for MCM was at the Gaylord Convention Center in National Harbor, Maryland, which any DC resident will tell you is not in the district. 
While it was an annoying drive to get to the expo, any drive on the Beltway is going to have some traffic, it was still better than the 2022 expo, which was held at the DC Armory, which had more difficult parking and when we attended an hour-long line to get through security. Add to that the fact that there were no bathroom facilities outside the expo that year, it made for a very uncomfortable hour for everyone who was trying to stay hydrated in preparation for the next day. The lines at Gaylord were still very long, but at least we were waiting indoors. It was a hot and sunny 86 degrees outside. And there were plenty of bathrooms, so the wait was much more pleasant. It took us around 30 minutes to get into the ballroom, and I suspect that we likely had the worst of it around 11.30 a.m. on Saturday. They told us the wait was due to capacity. There was no security to get into the ballroom. When we left the expo at 12.30, there was almost no line to get in. The expo had some samples, giveaways, MCM merchandise, running supplies, fuel, and representatives from other marathons and race travel programs. We had a nice time and covered most of the vendors in less than an hour. We might have done more if there had been fewer people, but we saw everything we were interested in. Another benefit of the Gaylord Convention Center is that we could walk around National Harbor. We got lunch at Potbelly's, did some shopping, and walked down to the Awakening statue that was relocated to National Harbor from Haynes Point in 2008. A handwritten marathon sign commemorates where the statue used to sit as you cross mile 13 on the course. This is a big improvement over the DC Armory, which is surrounded by residential neighborhoods, making the only dining options a few overcrowded food trucks. Our Saturday evening was spent getting dinner, relaxing, and in my case, feeling like I should be doing something to prepare, but not being able to put my finger on what that elusive activity would be. Before a race, I always find myself thinking that I'm not as nervous as I probably should be, like I'm missing some important step in my preparations that everyone else is probably doing in that moment. Not discovering what that missing piece was, we turned in. I, my night was filled with dreams of forgetting my watch on the charger and not discovering it until I had completed a huge climb. It wasn't the best night of sleep, but as pre-race evenings go, it certainly wasn't my worst. Sunday, we set our alarms for five and planned to be out the door and on our way to the shuttles by six. Our hotel was only a few blocks from the shuttle at 23rd and Crystal Drive when we arrived at the shuttles around 6.15. We were immediately loaded onto one and we were efficiently delivered to the Pentagon North parking lot. Here is where we discovered some differences from 2022. First off, in 2022, Jeremy and I had both nearly frozen waiting at the start line. Jeremy had worn a hoodie and I had a plastic poncho to keep warm at the start. This year, we both came prepared with inexpensive or thrift store layers that could be easily tossed off as the race began. All clothing discarded at the start of the race is gathered and donated to local shelters. I had purchased dollar store mittens and a hat. There was no way I was going to be that cold again. This year, we barely even needed to wear jackets. It was 66 degrees when we left the hotel, so I didn't even bother to pack the hat and mittens. 
Secondly, in our first year of the race, we didn't realize that spectators could come to the start line. We mistakenly sent our spouses away at the bag check and then wandered for an hour until they realized they could come back and wait with us at the starting line to watch the beginning of the race. This year, Leah and Eric were at our sides with bags full of water, tissues, snacks, and any other last minute needs. I unloaded my arm sleeves into Eric's backpack when I realized that they would be too much in the warm weather. Finally, the starting line layout was significantly different than in 2022, we think, due to construction in the parking lot. While last year we had a long walk in almost pitch black, punctuated with banks of portajohns until we found ourselves standing in the starting corrals, this year we hung out in the huge parking area, surrounded by portajohns, portable lights, and baggage trucks. Once the 50K had launched, we were then directed a bit further to the starting corrals. This year, we also didn't arrive as early, making the whole process seem much less elongated. Of course, it could also be that we weren't so cold this year. And just like that, after the formalities, ceremony, and osprey flyover, we were off. Eric observed that there was some confusion in the fastest starters when many non-professional runners moved into the eastbound side of this highway, which should have been only for the pros. This wasn't a problem until those lanes merged back into the westbound lanes, causing runners in Jeremy's corrals to be compacted to the point that they were shoulder to shoulder, slowing them down significantly. This probably delayed me getting across the start line, but didn't affect my race. It took about nine minutes for those of us in the five-ish hour predicted finishing corral to reach the start line after the howitzer fired. From there, the first thing everyone realized was that it was much more humid than we were expecting. I had planned to stop at every one of the 13 water stops to take in fluids. What I did not remember is that the first half to two thirds of each water station is not water, but instead noon hydration mix, a less sweet Gatorade-like electrolyte beverage that I had previously consumed about a quarter of a cup of at the expo the previous day. Still echoing in my head was the voice of a woman I spoke with the night before and the visible concern in her eyes when she asked me, what electrolytes are you doing for, uh, what are you doing for electrolytes tomorrow? I shrugged and said, I don't really do a lot of electrolytes. She looked mortified. At the water stop, I took a cup of clear liquid. Ew, this isn't water. Oh, well, I probably do need the electrolytes, but I'll grab a water too. Ew, this isn't water either. Oh, well, I'll drink it anyway. What can it hurt? Repeat this consumption for the first six water points. Jump ahead. Around halfway, the skin on my arms felt like it was crawling across between tingling numbness and an itchy rash. If I thought too hard about my stomach, I felt like I was going to barf. I'll just take a water. Ew, this isn't water. Damn it. I knew I needed to fuel, but my next thing to consume was cliff blocks, which, and they are kind of salty too. Ick. Also, it was hot. Emergency side-by-sides were going by with bare feet sticking out of them as the medical staff removed folks from the course. 
Guys were sitting on the side of the road in the grass. Weirdly, I never saw any women in distress, only men. One guy was sitting behind a sign that said, hey, you with the shoes, you're doing great. But he wasn't wearing shoes anymore, and he did not look like he was doing great. The water stop at mile 16 was in sight, but the Marines pushed us away from it and onto the sidewalk along the softball fields. I couldn't figure out why until the ambulance moved across behind us over to the awaiting helicopter to airlift someone out. I started to panic that I was not going to get water because I really wanted a drink, but thankfully they let us back across before the tables ended. I was walking occasionally, but my brain could not figure out why. My legs weren't tired. My lungs were fine. My heart rate felt under control. I just felt shaky. I got a few big pick-me-ups from family and friends on the course. One of my best buddies from college and his whole family made me a sign and drug their whole crew out on a Sunday morning just to see me run by. A friend I've known since high school screamed my name so loudly and so often that everyone within a one-block radius started cheering for me. Eric and Leah were there cheering with a giant Semper Fi foam hand, and they didn't look too concerned, so I must not look that bad, right? I'm fine, I told myself. Then why did I want to stop so badly? I'm not great at checking my watch or phone while running, but one message pushed through and I caught just enough of it to worry. I saw the first few words, due to the heat and humidity, we will be closing the DC gauntlet at noon. It is 11.58. I was just starting up the rise to the 395 bridge, but I cannot remember what the DC gauntlet is. I don't think the bridge is the DC gauntlet, but I could be wrong. I'm leaving DC and the DC gauntlet wouldn't be in Virginia, right? I think I'm past it. I started to panic. I was trying to text Eric to ask where that point was, but he wasn't in good coverage and never got the race alert, so he had no idea what I was talking about. Not the first time I've sent incoherent texts during a run and likely won't be the last. I talked to those around me, a calm woman from Florida who reminds me that this heat is nothing, looked at me and said, They closed the DC gauntlet? Well, either we made it or we didn't. It was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment, because I was doing all that I could do, and there was nothing more I could possibly do to change the circumstance in the next two minutes. I thanked her and continued across the bridge, which somehow has been lengthened since last 2022. By the end of the day, the race director shortened two cutoffs, the DC gauntlet at mile 17, and the Crystal City gauntlet at mile 22, shortening the race for many runners. My memories from 2022 were that almost everything before the bridge had been pretty enjoyable, and everything after this point was downright hard. My reality at that moment was that everything had been hard, and things were just going to keep getting worse. What I didn't have a clear memory of was the fantastic crowds in Crystal City. The fireball tent, blaring Pitbull's fireball, giving out shots with a sign that says, yes, we listen to the song on repeat for six hours. Folks with baskets of candy, a man with a tray of fruit, I took a grape, and the women who declared, who I declared my favorite, holding out boxes of tissues with a sign that just says tissues. 
The firemen were spraying water across the whole course, cooling off the hot runners who had just endured full summer sun on an exposed bridge. The rest of the final Virginia miles were hot, hard, and slow. By this time, I had stopped making the electrolyte mistake, and at least I was only fighting the normal pain, not the weird twitchy issues that the drink caused. At mile 26, on the final push to the finish, a guy in front of me turned to his friend and said, sometimes it's hard to keep running. I'm sure if I had anything left in me, I would have doubled over laughing, laughing at the complete obviousness, yet complete truth of that statement. I powered through the final punchy little incline and the finish line, which is always just a little further away than I remember. Final time, 5-19-59, almost exactly 20 minutes longer than 2022. It was a relief to finally find Eric, Leah, and Jeremy, who had finished more than an hour ahead of me. This year, it was especially fantastic to get to enjoy the charity area. The Team Semper Fi tent was filled with food, medical supplies, and happy faces. We sat in the grass under the beautiful fall trees, and Eric forced me to eat a sandwich and chips that I had zero interest in. Post-run is the one time that eating doesn't appeal to me. It was my honor to be a part of Team Semper Fi on race day and to enjoy the support of them on and off course volunteers and staff. I cannot thank everyone at that organization enough for everything they did for the past seven months through the training process and especially for all of the love and enthusiasm they put into the past weekend. Their commitment to our nation's veterans is above and beyond in every way. It sounds cliche, but I am so appreciative of my family for allowing me to take all of the time necessary to properly train for something of this magnitude. Eric and Will were so patient with me on days when I had long runs or even short runs that were disruptive to our schedules. My parents often end up picking up the slack so Eric and I can do our events, and it makes all the difference for us. Finally, a big thanks to the Idiot Runner community, who is always so supportive of everyone who wants to join in. I spent many long runs listening to Eric and Grace on their podcast, and their words and advice are invaluable. I have learned so much from their stories. I'm proud to wear my idiot gear, especially when I'm out of our local area. Final race wrap-up. Spectator sign highlights. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Could you be running any more miles? R.I.P. Chandler Bing. I have to imagine this sign was already made when the news broke about his death the night before the race. Many jokes about wine now, wine later. You're doing whaley good held by a person dressed like a whale or maybe a dolphin, but there aren't any good dolphin running puns. You can run. This isn't the speaker's race. The rats don't run this city. You do. You can run better than the insert government, Congress, Metro, Green Line, etc. I trained all month to hold this sign nearby a guy who had a shirt that said 0.0. Someone has to hold your gear. Groundhog Day was released over 30 years ago. 
Do you feel old? Same sign, repeated three times. My Ken's job is just run, presumably for a guy named Ken, and especially go Angie on a scale of 1 to 20, you're 26.2. My first ever marathon sign made for me by the Mitchells. Other highlights. Being able to meet, fist bump, and chat with fellow Team Semper Fi runners. I shared some time with two 50K runners, Cody and Chad. We bounced back and forth for my miles, 18 to 26. Chad powered me, powered past me at the end, announcing that the fire hose in Crystal City gave him renewed life. Hopefully, we will see him at Heiner this year. I forget what mile I was at, but while I was feeling down, a little girl was sitting by the side of the road, loudly repeating, I believe in you. She was so adorably earnest, like she was speaking to each individual runner that passed. Damn it if that didn't carry me through another mile. That kid believes in me, so I guess I'm going to have to run more. Finishing. I love finishing. This is the first race that I really took the time in the yards before the finish to think, this is it. This is the part you've been looking forward to. Savor it. Mistakes to learn from. Don't drink the Kool-Aid or whatever weird drink they hand you. Drink water. Don't feel bad dumping out the contents of your cup if you made a mistake. Wear your hydration pack. I didn't want to cover up my fancy new kit, but I would have been much better off if I had my own water. I trained with it. I should have worn it. I almost made the mistake of wearing unfamiliar tights. Our kit included a very neat pair of matching capri tights, but I made the last minute decision to wear my normal run shorts. I'm so glad I did. The tights always took, um, took a few miles to get settled, and I would have been pulling them up and panicking about them. Who knows how they would have performed all sweaty. The 2022 MCM was my first marathon, and I think I glossed over all the parts that were hard because I was so proud of myself. I need to remember that no matter how rosy the races look in hindsight, they aren't easy. The things we do are hard. If they aren't, I'm not doing it right. Thanks for asking for recaps, Grace. Even if no one hears this, I have found that when I take the time to write out what I've done, it helps me to prepare for the next one, especially after the post-race fog clears and the memories start to fade. This was the final big race of my season, and over the last six days, I found myself feeling down. Now that it has been a week, it is time to get back out there and shoot for newer, bigger, crazier goals. Here's to 2024 and continuing to put one foot in front of the other. Thank you, Angie, for sharing. And thank you for the kind words in the race report. A little little weird to read, but I'm happy to read those kinds words because you, you took the time to write them out. You can find Angie running, riding, and smiling all through the Northeast. And you can also submit your race reports to me on Facebook, Instagram, and the runningmullet at gmail.com. And Angie did mention Idiot Runners. You can also find the Idiot Runners group on Facebook and all kinds of Idiot Runner gear at um, idiotrunner.com. 
And you can listen to Eric Kosak and I live every Monday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern talking all things running at The Running Mullet. Thank you for listening. You are awesome.